poured a glass of red. It's not a Bellhaven today, it's just a glass of red wine as we embark upon another thrilling episode of I wouldn't say too thrilling this time around. Why not? After that abysmal performance. <laughs> I have to find my paper so I can, I can look at it and gloat. Man, let me tell you, I... Uh, you know, I went, I went confident into this one. I said I was going to be bold, and uh, it definitely, <laughs> it definitely backfired. So, well, neither one of us really did all that great. Um, I did pick up twelve points, so that's cool. I, I am at one sixty-one. You are now at one seventy-four, so I'm only thirteen behind you. Um, but one, two, three, four, five, six. So I was six and seven. I still had a losing record. Uh, just not as bad as yours. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, wow. So uh, <laughs> I actually did go in and uh, take care of all of my analysis for this week's games, since we're going to do it on Wednesday, as we try to get in our um, – we try to get in the Chanticleers uh, versus Lafayette uh, on Wednesday evening. Yeah. yeah, I haven't done a full analysis yet. Um, looking through this week, I am I, th- I am more excited about these matchups though. I have a, a good feeling. I haven't looked at the spreads yet, so maybe that'll change. But um, I have a, a good idea of who I'm going to go with. Of course, those might change based off the spread, but. Okay. Uh, feel feel better about this week than I did last week. <laughs> okay, where do we even begin? Uh, a lot of interesting things. Yeah, a lot of interesting things indeed. Um, I can just you know start with what surprised you uh, the most. I think the biggest thing that surprised me was uh, was. Uh, the SEC defense all around, yeah. um, man, it does just not have not been good. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll start with that Florida game because that one was the one I was most confident in, and I preach that to no end. Um, mm-hmm. And to be fair, they they could have won by a touchdown. I mean, the score was forty-one thirty-eight at the end. It was a shootout, and you kind of alluded to that. Um, I, I I am surprised not only that Texas A and M uh, kept up with Florida the whole way, but the, that they did win. They got that key turnover right. at the end and went down and, and kicked a field goal. Yeah, um, you know, I knew Florida's defense wasn't great, and they had given up points. Um, but to be fair, you know, I, I thought they would would get a lot against Texas A&M, and that would be enough to win by a touchdown. But you know, give Texas A&M credit. I mean, they they did stay with Florida the whole game. It was kind of you know back and forth the entire game. Um, and just something that I didn't fully expect. Uh, and yeah. I thought it would, I thought it would be back and forth, you know, probably for three quarters at the most and Florida would pull, pull away, you know, worst case scenario, but you know, that didn't end up happening. Um, and so I'm going to, uh, 
I have to take the big L on that one because uh, that was <laughs> the one I was obviously most confident in, and it uh, did not pay off, obviously. Um, yeah. Same thing, I mean, too, with some of the other SEC games, but I'll let you talk about that one real quick. So, yeah, there were a couple of things there. Um, yeah, I was surprised, too, by a &M. Uh, you know, I had said that the only analysis I needed to do, I didn't need to do any mathematics or anything like that. Um, A&M, they never win this type of game. You go back over the past couple of years with Jimbo Fisher, it feels like, and in fact, I think they even announced it, right? It was like, he, he was like 0 and 10 or something. I can't remember the exact number, but he just doesn't win top, top 10 matchups. Um, it just hasn't been in their constitution. And so that's all I needed. That's all I needed to know. And, and like I said, I had put an extremely high amount of confidence on Florida merely because of that, because A&M never shows up in a top 10 matchup. So, yes, I was surprised by that. Um, the other thing I would say about it is Florida did, to your point, have – there was a window there where they, they had got up, I think, by uh, double digits – Right. And it was at that point where I thought, OK, yeah, A&M will, will try to hang around a little bit, but it's probably going to start to look similar, not as bad as the Alabama beatdown in A&M. But I felt it was going to start looking like that a little bit, a little bit closer to that versus A&M actually winning. So absolutely, I was I was very surprised that A&M uh, pulled that out, uh, which is good. Uh, I, I will still continue to talk about Jimbo Fisher and about A&M as I have been until such time that what they did against Florida becomes consistent. I, cause I just don't see that. Uh, I don't see that happening. You asked what else surprised me. Um, we'll get to it, but yes, defense SEC, uh, you know, a couple, a uh, couple episodes ago, uh, I was ripping on the Big 12, and in fact, I titled the episode Defense, Defense, We Hate Defense, right? Kind of calling on the uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Christmas story, Randy, you know, hating meatloaf, you know. Right. Well, I, I think somebody from the SEC, those teams saw my title and they said, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. Wait until you see us. <laughs> and uh, so, yes, I... I was surprised uh, by the big, uh, I'm sorry, by the SEC defense, but most especially by Bama. Wow, it looked bad. Yeah, yeah, and it did. And I, I watched the majority of that uh, Ole Miss-Alabama game, and wow. I mean, I mean credit to Lane Kiffin. I, there, there was, you know, they had to do it the whole entire game, and they, of course they didn't do it the last, like, eight minutes. Uh, where they pretty much had to score on every play because they let Alabama score pretty much on every play. But, yeah, I mean, man, they he, they did a heck of a job, uh, especially with formations. I mean, they would go tempo. Alabama's defense was all out of sorts. Uh, and I, I really do think they created a good blueprint for how teams, especially for Georgia next week, you know, how teams can exploit Alabama. Uh, it was funny because I saw Alabama's, or uh, Nick Saban, you know, think that uh, Lane Kiffin knew Alabama's defensive signals. <laughs> Thought that was funny, but uh, no, I think yeah. he, I think he just knew uh, knew how to exploit it well because he knows Alabama, and uh, and he did, and it was it, it was fun to watch. Uh, just 
them run right through Alabama's defense for most of the game. Oh yeah, it was, and it was a fun game. It was, um, you know, not not having a, a huge vested interest in it. Um, I mean, it wasn't going to gain me much of anything point wise. Uh, so yeah, it was just a fun game to watch, and definitely to watch them uh, roll through the tide. Ha ha, <laughs> roll through the tide. Um, yeah, I, I I heard that too from Saban, and I'm not a coach, obviously. Uh, I don't know that I know a lot of college football coaches, but this is not the NFL. I, you know, these are a bunch of uh, late teens, early twenty kids out there, um, and their coaches. Does it really matter if you know the signals? You know, what did, what does that really translate to? What does that look like? You know, right. where do those defensive signals come from? Uh, I imagine from the sideline. And so if they're, you know, going through, you know, some of their goofy maneuvers with, is there really enough time uh, for you to intercept that defensive signal and translate that to, you know, these 19, 20 year old kids and have them say, oh yeah, I got it. You know, I, I just don't buy it. <laughs> I don't, I don't see that happen. Uh Yes, and speaking of defense, I you know I put a lot of confidence in this one too because just from what we've seen, I didn't think their offense was just that just any good. But I guess LSU's defense is just that bad because good lord, I mean Missouri's quarterback, his I think his second start, and he put up over 400 yards passing on that defense in, the, in Missouri's win. Um, yeah, you know I I thought LSU would cover the spread alone just purely. Uh, off of how bad Missouri's offense had been, and uh, man, <laughs> they definitely proved me wrong. Uh, well, I had a feeling. Um, when when you have a losing record, when you pick games, <laughs> which we have consistently, which is frankly new for me, I I do every year. I'll have probably two or three weeks in a given year where I may have a losing record. Usually I have a winning record, and so I always take a look back and look. What did I get right? I mean, were there any games I would change? And I, that's one I think I have right. I think I I think I understand LSU, and I said it, you know, on the last uh, episode. Uh, they looked very much to me like Ohio State coming out of their '98 season. It's going to be a very rough ride, I think, for LSU, and and so I was not surprised. Yeah. Obviously, I picked. Missouri. I was watching the highlights because uh, I didn't have that one on the TV, and so I would get the highlights. <laughs> Man, not only was Missouri just you know passing right through them uh, on the many of those plays, uh, the LSU secondary was nowhere to be found. I mean, they were <laughs> they were a wall, uh, which does not, especially since. It looks like the uh, the SEC is more offense than defense this year. They're going to play Bama. Bama's going to roll through them. Uh, I think A&M oh, yeah. uh, is starting to hit their stride a little bit offensively. They're going to roll through them. Um, I forget off the top of my head their crossovers, but I thought that there were, were one or two of those, um, you know, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, well, one of those. They play Florida this week, so Florida. Florida. Right, they play at Florida. Uh, and so similarly, I, I think Florida with Kyle Trask, I think they're going to roll through LSU. It's going to be a, a rough year. So, yeah, taking a step back, what what do I think 
you and I both got right, where where are we wrong? I think we're we're right with respect to LSU collectively. I had been wrong on Texas uh, from the beginning, knowing full well that they weren't what I thought they were. Uh, I still have been picking them in spite of that, and I think that's yeah. one of the places where you know it just needs to change. Yeah, and you know, to your point, I look at a lot of these games, um, and you know, the week before that, I I relied more on, and that that was my winning, my only winning week, you know, where I took, you know, I looked at a lot of these games. You know, I looked more into him than I did this week. You know, this week I relied more on my on my gut, and you know, I didn't take that step back and you know, really ask. You know, what do I what do I really think about some of these? Which is why I lost a lot of them. Um, you know, be, for instance, like the uh, the Arkansas at Auburn one, the one that my highest one that I got right. Uh, you know, I I took a lot of time with that one. You know, not only from what I've seen, but you know, some some statistics as well. And of course, Arkansas almost won that game. They probably should have. Yeah, they should uh, have if the refs would have got that call right. Yeah. Uh, which and, and that and that didn't surprise me at all. Right, as I talked about, uh, Auburn's offense is struggling to be there. You know, they're very big play oriented. Um, they got some points, but you know Arkansas was there with them the whole time. Yeah, and you know, so uh, so I do get some teams right, like Auburn. Um, obviously, teams wrong, like LSU uh, and Texas. To your point, you know, I, Texas I, I picked with low confidence because I, I just wasn't sure which team would show up, and you know, sure enough, uh, inconsistent. And Texas shows up, and then out of nowhere. You know the Oklahoma team that we expected to to show up the whole year pretty much did. So, <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, is it is it an inconsistent Texas? I would argue that they've been very consistent. They've been <laughs> consistently down defense, and they have been consistently um, inconsistent <laughs> on offense. Well, By that, I mean they they seem to have an mo where they get some things going, they go into a rut for a while, and then they let it all hang out in the fourth quarter uh, to bring them back into games. I mean, they did it against TCU. Frankly, they've done it in all of their games, except for the, the okay. first one where they you know, curb stomp some nobody. Uh, otherwise, every Big 12 game they've played, it's been the same MO. Yeah, you know, kind of play around, go dormant, then you know, bring it back in the fourth quarter and, and hope that Sam Ellinger can win it for you. And he yeah. just couldn't do it this time. Pretty much, because Sam Ellinger was, seemed like the only one who showed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and to that point, I think he, he seems like the only one that shows up every other week, too. Um, they're down to a, it looked like, a uh, freshman running back, that Bijan Robinson. Um, he was actually committed to Ohio State, I think, for a while uh, before he switched and ended up at uh, Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I only say, say that because, yeah, he's a highly valued recruit, but freshman. I, and I think that's part of the problem. I don't think they have a consistent running game. Um, and Sam Ellinger, for as good as he is, he can be a bit erratic at times. And then when you couple that with that, that defense, which – 
is just atrocious. Um, yeah, it's very, it's very tough for Texas. Yeah. And I mean, Texas, uh, they had, you know, three turnovers in the middle of that game. Um, they, and they couldn't even capitalize on any of it, you know, which that was their time to kind of take it. And they couldn't capitalize in Oklahoma, you know, from what I've said about their offensive line, I thought de- Texas's defensive line uh, would win that. Um, man, Oklahoma ran right through them. Yeah. And it, and it was quite the Oklahoma ran through them. Texas couldn't run at all. And that was a big part of the game as well. Uh, something I, I honestly um, was not expecting, uh, especially for it to be that lopsided. Um, yeah. And that was definitely crucial in Oklahoma's win. And, but one, you know, one that I said I, I'm not really surprised about, and that's why I picked Texas low. Um, I, I just wasn't sure, you know, exactly what I was going to see if Texas was actually going to uh, play better, and they didn't. So, and I think it's probably going to be that way, like we saw the, the whole year. They're going to, right. I think both both Texas and Oklahoma, you know, they're both not, you know, the elite teams that we remember. They're they're middle of the road teams, like the majority of teams in that conference. Yeah, uh, which yeah. is why it's it's tough to pick. You know, a lot of these games because they're all similar teams, and it's going to have similar yeah. outcomes. Yeah, and, and I think to that point, I think this year more than any other year, it feels like that. Not just with that conference, but the other two, SEC and ACC, where a lot of those teams are just so similar. In uh, and, and can beat one another from any given week to the next. Uh, Big 12, as much as ACC, as much as SEC. Uh, I think they're all very much the same uh, in that regard. Yeah, I think Texas, yeah, yeah, I've been trying to give them benefit of the doubt, you know, every year, especially under Herman, you know, uh, you know, Texas is back, Texas Texas is back. And in prior years, you know, I would look at what they had returning and things like that. And, you know, they, they were never really returning a core that I would say is back. And so they would play a good game here and there. And people wanted to say, oh, yeah, they're back. But I never really bought it. This year, I fell into it hook, line, and, and sinker um, because they had such returning production. They had a, a star star a really good quarterback uh, coming back and, you know, bringing those coordinators in, et cetera, with the talent they have, I was ready to say, okay, this year, when they start talking about Texas being back, you know, I'll be, you know, right on that bandwagon. I'll be one of the first. Uh, at this point, uh, I don't know. I don't know what Tom Herman is doing down there, but it's not effective. Yeah. No, it's not. And I don't, I don't think, you know, I've heard a lot of talk, you know, is, is Tom Herman going to be on the hot seat? Uh, I don't think he is. Um, you know, this year, you know, people keep saying this was the year he should have, you know, the, the team was built to, to win this year. And uh, I, I did agree with that for the most part. Uh, I think not being able to have fall camp and not be able to practice a lot <clears throat> and, you know, get, get this team playing I think that had a lot to do with it and probably a lot why they're gonna just struggle throughout the year um I also think the buyout for the rest of his contract is ridiculous I think it's like 20 million or something like that so 
I can't see foresee him being let go, even though they may want to. So I think he still may have another year. So uh, we'll see if he can do, you know, anything different. But you're right. I mean, he, what he has done is, has not been effective. Well, uh, what I would say to that contract, though, that doesn't seem to have deterred other schools. You know, there have been some schools in Notre Dame. I remember that buyout they had for Charlie Wise. He's still living high on the hog from from the money from Notre Dame. Um, you know, so I think a lot of schools seem to to not worry so much about that. And then the fact that it's Texas, uh, you know, probably the biggest university in the country. Um, they have their own network, the Longhorn Network. Uh, now, whether that's hubris or whatever, it doesn't really matter. The fact is, is they have the money to buy this guy out if they want to. Um, and is he really any better than, than Charlie Strong? Is that his name? Charlie Strong? Yeah, Charlie Strong. Yeah. Is he really any better than Charlie Strong? It feels about the same to me, really. Uh, I don't know if, if they had a winning record under Charlie Strong. I mean, to Tom Herman's credit, uh, they have had all winning seasons in his tenure. Plus, they went to the Sugar Bowl that one year. So, I mean, they True. have had they have they have had better seasons under Herman. Yeah, but not a lot better. You're you're right. You're right. right. They 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 are they probably are indeed better under Herman than Strong, but not that much. It's definitely not elite. Um. So so yeah, I, I is he on the hot seat? Probably not yet. Uh, however, he, that seat is going to get warm awful fast if he doesn't do something now. You know, because he's already lost two games. Probably should have lost three. You probably should have lost to TCU. I'm sorry, to uh, Texas Tech. Um, and the, the the teams on his schedule, he's got Oklahoma State coming up. Um, right now, I mean, I don't know when exactly that one's coming up, but as of right now, I'm likely to see Oklahoma State winning that one. Yeah. You know, uh, and that would be three losses. Um, look who else on the uh, schedule they have. Kansas State should be coming in. Now, Kansas State lost their quarterback, so that might not bode well for them. But as of right now, Kansas State is a contender for that conference. You look at Kansas State, you look at Oklahoma State, uh, Iowa State. Yeah, Iowa State. Uh, all three of those teams, Texas has to play. All three of those teams are contenders. And I think that's important because I. Uh, not saying that they wouldn't have gone into that game jacked up anyway, but the fact that any one of those could be going into that Texas game as a contender for the conference, it's going to be all that more formidable of a task for, for Texas to overcome. So if, they, if he does not turn something around right now, his seat will get awful hot very fast this year. Yeah. Yep. Agree. And uh, speaking of Iowa State, I think they're now three and zero in the in the conference after blowing Texas yeah. Tech out, which I you know, honestly didn't expect. I thought Texas Tech would be able to put up a little bit of offense, but yeah, um, Iowa State. I think uh, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure alone with Oklahoma State at the top of the conference. Yeah, I think they're the yeah. only undefeateds left in the Big Big Twelve. Uh. uh... Kansas State, are they not undefeated in the Big 12? Kansas, uh, they 
lost to Arkansas State. The, oh, yeah. yeah, no, they are, yeah, because they beat, they beat um, Oklahoma and then they beat TCU, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, that was a pretty fairly impressive game for them against TCU. Um, so, yeah, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Iowa State, uh, they, in my opinion, were never really in that game against Lafayette. Uh, and that's one of the things I kind of used in my reasoning for picking Texas Tech. I felt Texas Tech, even though they didn't have a winning record, you know, they at least almost beat Texas. They were competing, and I didn't see any reason why Iowa State would have such a big spread on them. But the reality is, is yeah, Iowa State undefeated in the conference, and that loss really is to not the best, but one of your better group of five teams. Uh, I, I don't think the way Lafayette's performed after that, they're undefeated, but I don't think that I would argue that they're in the same league necessarily as UC or UCF or some of those, but they still are one of the better group of five teams. So uh, you take that piece out, Iowa State has been more consistent, I think, than, say, Texas, Oklahoma, some of these others. So I, I think I think they could. They could if they keep that steady pace in, uh, of improving going. Um, then they they could have a lot to say about that conference. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, because both Texas and Oklahoma now have two losses uh, it could be very real to where we see both of those not in the uh, the championship game and. You know, two two newcomers, like Iowa State, Oklahoma State, perhaps. So it'll be uh, fun to watch out for. Yeah. And that would be nice, to your point. That would be fun. It would be nice for a change um, in that conference uh, to see somebody else. Because at the end of the day, you talked earlier about you know, Oklahoma being elite. I I would argue that I don't know that they have been necessarily elite. I, I don't think you can be that yeah. consistently bad on defense. It's just been the fact that that conference uh, in, in last year, I actually thought more highly of that conference when I looked, you know, halfway through the season, when you looked at their out of conference schedules and you know who they beat and whatnot, uh, it did seem actually marginally better than even the SEC in terms of their out of conference performance. Uh, but the reality is, is that conference hasn't been all that great, and Oklahoma has just been, um, in my estimation, a tainted cream. <laughs> that's, uh, that's kind of weird sounding. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't I don't I don't see them as elite, and now they're showing it. Right, I think now it's really being exposed. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, they are in a quote unquote rebuild year. Um, but yeah, for sure. That being uh, said, they had one of the things, another thing that surprised me is you, you go halfway through the fourth quarter, maybe even more so, and they had only given up 17 points to Texas through basically three and a half quarters of football, which, which is good <laughs> for Oklahoma. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was for sure. Um, the other, uh, kind of big ones, uh, you know, we we haven't talked about yet. Tennessee, Georgia. Uh, it seems like Georgia is the only team in the SEC that's playing consistent defense. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, which you know I think bodes well for them going into next week. Um, yeah, I, I mean Tennessee was up at the half, albeit off of a Georgia fumble at the beginning, and um, and they moved the ball a little bit. But same thing like Auburn, uh, Georgia. You know Georgia lets up some points at the beginning. Well, just really throughout how they played. You know they the, all their points. They you know they mainly give up in the in the first half, and then they had just shut teams out in the second half. Um, I mean they won the second half what twenty seven nothing. Yeah. You know they moved the ball really well. Uh, you know I, I for sec for a second I thought you know I would have this game. I mean third quarter was thirty to twenty one. You know Tennessee was still still within the spread, um, and I couldn't I couldn't see the uh, that game because I was I was away. But uh, from the the highlights that I saw, yeah, Tennessee just just couldn't move the ball. Uh, they couldn't run well. Yeah, and um, yeah, Georgia Georgia's defense has been good. Uh, his, their quarterback has gotten you know a lot a lot of praise, which you know he's done well, but. I don't know, you know, if we if we should hop on that train yet. Well, maybe. Um, I mean, you were lamenting. I know a couple of weeks ago you were lamenting that you had chosen Georgia over Florida for that division. And now you're actually, you know, looking pretty spot on. <laughs> I, I am. I am. That is that is true. Uh, but it was mainly because of it was mainly because of defense. Um, the the offense was still questionable to me. But and it's proven out that they have had the most consistent and the best defense in the SEC by far. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I was not hopeful for them going into that game against Alabama. Um, but now I, I am. I'm gonna have to look at the spread. Um, spread is I think six points. Is it Alabama's favored by only Bama's six? Favorite? But okay, it's at Bama. Bama. Yeah, I knew Bama would be favored at home. Um, yeah, so I'll have to look more into that. Uh, that's going to be a tough one because Georgia always seems to find a way to choke against Alabama at the end. <laughs> yes, they do. And that's so, the one thing is I look at that game. Cause like I said, I've already looked at these. And I do have Alabama. And we'll get into this more on the next episode. But I do have Alabama possibly covering that. But I do take a pause because – Georgia's defense is really good. This is a perfect matchup of strength on strength. Uh, Georgia's defense gets Bama's offense. Bama's offense is just really, really good. Yeah. Uh, of course, they were extremely good last year at the beginning and throughout most of the year. And towards the end, uh, not saying they were bad, uh, but it felt like they peaked a little early. And I don't know if that's something that's happening to them now, but their their offense is really good. Uh, and, and I think it being at home is probably two things. Number one, it being at home, and then secondly, to your point, Georgia just does seem to choke when it comes to uh, Alabama. Yeah, but you know, to give you know Georgia credit where it's due, I mean they have been pretty consistent uh, since the second half of the Arkansas game uh, on offense. Um, yeah, you know they they seem to be finding their rhythm, and you know they've been running it better. Uh, they've been more balanced, and so it's it's going to be a, f- a fun game to watch watch them face Alabama. You know, I, I really did think that, and I I was pretty confident that Tennessee would get within the spread, and for a while they did. But 
Um, I think I have been underplaying Georgia's consistency on offense the past couple games. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'll, I'll take a, a closer look at that for for this upcoming week. But the other one was uh, Miami Clemson, a game, you know, we decided uh, to split there. And obviously you, you got that one. And, you know, the reason I chose Miami uh, was because I didn't think they would uh, against Clemson. I didn't think they would favor Ohio State's 2016 Fiesta Ball play calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's run it up the middle twice and then force ourselves into a passing situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then run the quarterback all the time like Ohio State wanted to do with JT Barrett. You know, just keep running Derek this way, run him that way. Um, the thing is about Miami, uh, I will give them credit. I don't see them – they lost a couple of real stinkers last year. <laughs> I mean, it's really – a couple of really terrible losses last year that, you know, that typically Michigan might lose to like an Appalachian state, you know, um, I don't see them doing that this year, but I also don't see them being a great team. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I think they're playing at home this week and because they're at home, you know, I think they have a chance to win, but at the end of the day, I, I don't, yet see them being anywhere above that that middle pack like you and I had talked about. I don't necessarily see them being, you know, better than North Carolina or better than Virginia Tech. Uh, and that was kind of my thing going into that Clemson game. Uh, Miami is much like Texas. There are teams like that. And it'll happen with Michigan, too. It does happen with Michigan. When they they come into a year and they they rat, you know rattle off a couple of wins, oh Michigan's back, you know the the, the name brand Michigan. Uh, same thing with with these schools, Miami and Texas. They win a couple of games and everybody wants them to be back. They want to overhype them, and I just wasn't there, and I'm still not there. I don't think yeah. uh, that they will contend for that conference at all. Yeah, and, and I never year. thought. Yeah, and I agree with that, and I never thought they were back. I just thought. You know, it is a two-touchdown spread, and it, it was pushing it, but I did think they, they would be able to cover. Uh, I mean, their defense did play pretty well for, you know, th- three-and-a-half quarters. Uh, they held out as long as they could. Their offense just wasn't on the field very long. Yeah. You know, similar to that, you know, Ohio State Fiesta Bowl, I mean, the defense played really well. I mean, they just were yeah. all on the field all the time, and you can only you yeah. know, play so well for so long. Um, and you just... I thought their offense would be a lot more dynamic. And then they just, <laughs> let's run the ball right up the middle. Sure. That'll work. Yeah. They had no, uh, they didn't, it's like they didn't even try to do anything. And when they did try to pass, it was the one-on-one balls and they kept throwing interceptions. So, yeah. Yeah. Obviously a little butthurt about that one, but. Well, speaking yeah. about hurt, I think another thing about that game is, uh, I think I'm losing respect for, uh, Lawrence. Oh um, my god! I was about to talk about that. That 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 <laughs> targeting call was worse than Sean Wade call. Oh my gosh, that was well, the, that was the worst one I've ever seen. And that's why I'm losing respect for him too, is because I, I to this day, and I've talked about it in prior episodes. You know, I always want to preface it because I don't want people thinking I'm a, a whining homer or something. Ohio State lost that game. I always say it. Ohio State lost it. 
the rest didn't lose it for him, blah, blah, blah. But I've also been consistent in saying that that targeting call was manufactured by Lawrence. Um, he knew it was coming, and, and at the time, I gave him credit for it. You know, he's a baller. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this happen. It was a big point of the game. He got one of our star, uh, you know, secondary out of the game. But he This one wasn't darn- even manufactured. <laughs> Well, this one, well, no, he did it a couple of times. See, there were a couple of times when he tried to manufacture a targeting, but I think the reason I lost respect for him because he does that, and then he gets all, you know, bratty. Like when he scores that oh, touchdown, oh, yeah. he tries to get in their face. I'm like, dude, they didn't do anything. You were being, you know, I'm not going to use the word, but, uh, and so I'm like, yeah, that just, I don't like that. I don't like when a, a player, who is supposed to be elite star player acts like that. It just, it drives me nuts. Yeah. Well, I mean, in this call, like, yeah, he led the guy led with the crown of his helmet, but it was right in the midsection. He was going for just a straight tackle. He wasn't even close to anywhere near Lawrence's helmet. And of course, you know, Lawrence goes down, but did you see him right afterwards? And they reviewed targeting. Like Mm -hmm. as soon as they called targeting, he starts dancing and then he runs right back out on the field. Like nothing happened. Well, and that's that's the thing that upset me. If you remember, with the uh, the Ohio State game, with the playoff game, was he was in theory injured from that targeting, and, and and yes, it's because he was acting. He was not injured at all. He was acting so he could sell the targeting. But at the end of the day, he was at least acting like he was injured. Therefore, everybody should accept that he was injured. And therefore, why was he allowed back in the game on that very next play? Right. My um, you're not supposed to the quarterback is not allowed. If you get injured as a quarterback, you are not allowed to go back into the game. I have to check that. I think that's the rule. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've been uh, misled. And in this whole time, I thought that was a rule and it's not. But I think that I, I mean, think that's, that's the, the rule. rule for every other player. It should be yeah. for the quarterback. You lose yeah, a helmet or you lose a, a piece of equipment. You're out of the game for at least one play. If you are stop the the play of the game for an, yeah. an injury on the field and you come out, you have to sit out. So, yeah. and that was, that was one of the things I, that was upset most about with that call last year. Not only did I think it was a manufactured targeting, shouldn't have been targeting, but the simple fact was, is he went down and in theory was injured. And then it came right back on the very next one. I'm like, well, wait, wait a second. Is he injured? Was it really targeting? Uh, you know, so, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, moving on, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, the last big one, and I put a lot of confidence in, was the Virginia Tech at North Carolina. Um, I mean, yeah, and Virginia Tech obviously was out of it early, then they came back. They still scored 40-some points in their that law. I mean, North Carolina you know, scored 56 or whatever, and I didn't mm-hmm. expect that. Um, that's why I took Virginia Tech because I figured Virginia Tech would probably score in the upper 30s and, you know, low 40s. And they did, you know, just North Carolina scored a lot more. Um, I think that's what surprised me more. Um, so good on, you know, good on North Carolina. Um, but it's something I kind of wanted to lead into, especially now with the uh, the new top 25 and, and being ranked number five, because uh, they are definitely not a top five team. <laughs> Mm-mm. I mean, I know, you know, still with other teams not playing, you know, who do you put in their top 10? And I understand that, but right. I mean, Cincinnati is definitely not the number eight team. 
Right. That. And uh, North Carolina, North Carolina is definitely not a number five team. So probably not. But to your point, who do you put there? Um, that being said, I think is I I think number one right now should be Georgia. By the way, uh, I, 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 I think they have been the most consistent. Yeah, you, you knock the offense, but at the end of the day, they're still figuring out a way to score some points. You know, yeah. it, anywhere from 27 to 40 points is, is pretty good. You know, 10 years ago, I always would have said, if you score 30 points in a game, chalk that up as a win. It should be a win if you're, a, if you're uh, an elite power five team like Georgia, Ohio State, Bama, et cetera, you score 30 points. Now, yeah, a lot of them were, uh, have been and continue to score gobs more than that, but the point being is 30 points should win you a game. It doesn't feel like that as much anymore. Uh, 30 points, especially this year, with both the SEC and the uh, Big 12, and the ACC for that matter. I mean, look look at that Virginia Tech game, right? 50, yeah, what was yeah. it, 56 to 45? <laughs> I mean, yeah, nobody seems to want to play defense anymore, so 30 points may not necessarily get it for you. If Georgia scores 30 points, they're going to win. That's how good their defense is. Uh, and I think their offense is good enough to consistently score 30 points. Uh, so I just think with the composite, you know, they beat Tennessee. They beat an okay Auburn team. Not great, but I just if you compare what they've done versus what Clemson has done and Bama has done, I think Georgia has done the most so far, and I would put them as number one. Uh, but yeah, back to your point, where, where where do you put the others? I think Clemson and Bama are probably probably two and three. But even with that, you know, why shouldn't I look at somebody like a say a Notre Dame or you know I, I don't know why not Notre Dame or one of those other undefeated teams because. At the end of the day, sixty-three to forty-eight, Bama against Ole Miss doesn't uh, <laughs> doesn't impress me all that much. Right. Yeah, and it's and it's tough because you know outside of Georgia, really, who's been consistent. Uh, I mean, Clemson's been pretty good. Uh, you know, they've given up some crap scores to to bad teams like Virginia. Yeah. Um, but they've they've been more consistent, and yeah, to your point. You know, Notre Dame's hasn't really been. Um, they scored some points. They've looked bad at other times, just like Alabama. Uh, and then who else are you looking at? I mean, North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, yeah, their offenses look good, but not their defense. Uh, yeah. who, who's 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 next after that? The next that are still playing, Oklahoma State. I mean, we know their their defense. Is just, good yeah, who are the undefeateds anymore? Uh, yeah, Alabama and Georgia. That's it from the SEC, right? Bam in Georgia. Um, now that you mention it, I think I, th- I think so. Yeah, I think those are the only yeah, two undefeated there. I think ACC yeah. it's Clemson, Notre Dame, and Carolina. I think are the only ones undefeated. Yeah. Right. So there's five, and then yeah, you look at the Big Twelve. I think only only Oklahoma State is undefeated, right? Yeah, I think so. That's so okay. That's um, Clemson, Carolina, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State. That's six teams of the teams that are playing right now. You only have six, and yeah, and those are all the ones that are in the you know top seven. 
Yeah. And, and, yeah. And I think they should be at this point. They should be. Um, yeah. I think it's going to, it will change after the first game. I don't think it should change much. I, 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 I kind of go back and forth whether or not Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin really should be ranked high. Uh, I think, yes, to your point, North Carolina, Ohio State, who would you put in the top five? Well, yeah, I think Ohio State probably, even though they haven't played <laughs> at all, we've seen enough out of North Carolina to know that they're probably not better than Ohio State. Um, but, yeah, I don't have an issue not putting those Big Ten or Pac-12 teams up fairly high yet um and if that's the case then yeah i think yeah carolina is one of the remaining unbeatens in a power five yeah i think they should be in the top five or six yeah did you compare up against those that you you look at the georgia clemson alabama i think those are the top three i would put them in that order order georgia clemson and alabama but whatever order you put them in those are definitely the top three yeah. And then the others are then Notre Dame, North Carolina, and Oklahoma State. And if you accept that you're going to put the undefeated before you put a one-loss team, which I think you should at this point because you look at the, the better one-loss teams, you have Florida with a loss. Uh, I think comparing Florida with that loss to Texas A&M, North Carolina? Uh, yeah, I would put North Carolina ahead of them. You know? Um, who's a, who's another one-loss solid team? We know it's not in the Big 12. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know? the, other, the other ones you're looking at, which I don't understand this, is Texas A&M, how they just beat Florida, and Florida's still ranked ahead of them by one. Yeah. That's yeah, that's a... weird. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't, Whatever. doesn't for me either so i think at the end of the day you look at those three north notre dame north carolina oklahoma state i would probably put those three in that order notre dame then north carolina then oklahoma state and that would close out your top six and then you start peppering in some of the well then you got uc and then the question is, is do i value what you see as them as an undefeated over florida or you know tennessee or one of these other teams and I'm not sure yet because uh, Cincinnati hasn't really done anything to impress me yet. Yeah, and then after that, I yeah, I mean, Auburn is still at 13. At, you know, they're a mediocre school, but yeah, they benefit from being one loss and in, in the SEC. Uh, you know, I don't think they're they should be ranked that high, but uh, that's just from watching them play, you know, and seeing what they've done thus far, but. You know they're they're in the SEC, so they're going to be ranked higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest of the teams, really, honestly, are just filled up by a group of fives. We have a lot of group of five games, I think, this week, at least three. Yeah. Um, and so well, I think be- you have uh, Cincy and Tulsa, <laughs> which yep. could be a very interesting one because it's at yep. Tulsa, and you see it's their first away game, so. We'll see what happens with them. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I, I I don't know how you rank them until until the Big Ten and the Pac-12 play, and then we'll see if they even have a defense. You know, a lot of people, you know, I've been on different boards and things, and a lot of people are echoing what you and I talked about with respect to the terrible defense 
in, in some of these conferences. But the reality is, is they, by and large, yeah, a few of them played an out-of-conference game. But by and large, most of them have jumped right into conference play. And I, I'll be honest with you, I do not be surprised if Ohio State gives up quite a few points to Nebraska, you know? Um, yeah. As bad as some of these defenses are, I think Ohio State, relatively speaking, uh, generally has a good defense. They usually do, except for 2018. Um, but uh, Nebraska returns pretty much their whole starting offense. You got Frost, who is a offensive-minded guy. Uh, Ohio State loses almost their entire secondary. They lose key players like Chase Young, right? Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State gives up uh, a few points in that first game. And then they have to go play at Penn State, and Penn State is similarly returning most of their offensive starters as well. So um, it's going to be, it could be a little dicey starting out of the blocks for, for Ohio state. Yeah, it could be. And yeah, that's just a, a thing. Uh, I think it's going to have to happen. Uh, if you know, the big 10 wants respect, especially coming you know out late in the game, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to come out and play well, especially on defense. Yeah. Um, you know, show you know that, that they're ready to play and that they can you know, when when these tight close games um you know, not giving up you know, 30 points, you know, like 30, you know, 31 24 type games, you know, instead yeah. of you know, 45 you know, 35 type games. Yeah, and to that point, if Ohio State comes in against Nebraska that first game, even if they give up more points than you would like, but they still beat them like a drum, I I, I would say yes, they definitely jump right into the top five. Because at this point, to me, Nebraska is kind of feels a little bit like an old Miss, you know, not having a lot of data points to to think about it. Um, and so, yeah, if, if we get a 63 to 48 game for Ohio state against Nebraska, I'll be a little nervous, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, uh, but if you get say 63 to maybe upper twenties, yeah, I don't want to give up that many points, but I would say, yeah, that that's relative to what's going on right now in this COVID year. I'd say that's pretty good. And I would absolutely say then, yes, they deserve to be in the top five. Yeah. And I don't think it'll take too long, too. I mean, because look at it right now, right? We're talking about this top five right now, and we're like, are these teams really – are all these top five, you know, truly top five teams? I mean, you look at the top three, and then we say, yeah, top three after that. It's a wash, right? Ohio State play well and show the team that we think they can be. They should they should move up, you know, right yeah. up there with the elite teams that we thought were going to be the ones making a run for the title this year. Uh, because we're seeing already early that those are few and far between, and there was only a few to begin with. Yeah. So, 
I, I yeah, if they come come out playing well, those teams that do, especially in the Big Twelve, even Big Ten, and even the Pac twelve, when they do, they should jump in, uh, and they should be ranked higher. Yeah, yeah, and I think to that point, uh, coming into this year, and this is why, obviously, I was going to be frustrated and upset if Big Ten didn't play at all, right? That's just by default. But I think what, what kind of added some angst to it was the fact that Ohio State, although they do lose quite a bit on the defense, and you know they, they may struggle a little bit there at the beginning, at the end of the day, there, weren't, there was not going to be an LSU like last year. Right. Uh, I know the way Kyle Trask started out and the way Florida was operating there for a couple of games, people were kind of trying to talk like they were going to be LSU of this year. Trask was Joe Burrow. The defense not great, but didn't matter. That offense was so wonderful, right? Um, reality is that there's not a team like LSU, and, and we're seeing that. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I don't know a lot about the Pac-12 yet, uh, but I guarantee you're not going to see uh, a 2019 LSU coming out of the Pac-12. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously we'll get to the Pac-12 when they start playing, but looking at them right now, you're not going to get one of those. The Big Ten, yes, you would argue that Ohio State in that conference has the look. They have that possibility. They have Justin Fields, who absolutely uh, could go on a tear like Joe Burrow. They have the offense behind him to where they could look like the 2019 LSU. And yeah, they lose enough off of that defense to where they won't be as elite as they were last year, but they could, they, they, they have a lot of talent on that defense that they could look like LSU of 2019. Um, Big 12, SEC, uh, ACC, I'm not seeing a, a 2019 LSU out of any of them. And right now the closest would be Georgia, but kind of on the reverse end being for their defense. Um, obviously we have, uh, a, a decent slate. Um, well, one I did want to touch on very quickly because I was kind of, you know, getting down on myself. I'm like, why in God's green earth did I choose the Roadrunners? Oh yeah. Uh, and why, did, and let alone, why did I choose them with such high confidence? Well, now I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay. I am surprised. BOA only won by a touchdown at home. Yes. Definitely did not look like they have been, so that's right. a good call. So I'll take that one. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll take that one. Okay. Yep. But for this one, I will not be going with any gut decisions. I will be <laughs> stepping back, taking a look at all of them. And uh, hopefully, just a winning record. That's what I want. I want a winning record. <laughs> have a, a lot to make up after. I guess we never uh, went over the totals. I am 24, 36, and 2, and you are 27, 33, and 2. So, well, yeah. I'm, I'm ahead in confidence points. You do have three games up on me. And man, I'm just 12 games behind. That's awful. Yeah. Well, awful. but. That's where I have to figure. I have to figure out these confidence points better. Uh, because, yes, I picked up a couple of games on you in the record, but I only picked up 12 confidence points. 
So that that that's what I have to figure out. I, I think the winning record will come. Um, not sure if it's going to come this weekend because I did, like I said, I went through all of those games, and I think you're going to be in for some surprises <laughs> when we get together on Wednesday because as I look at this data, I am having to take a step back and look at some of these things. Really, do I really believe that's going to happen? <laughs> um, so we'll see. I suppose we will. All right. So I think what I'm hearing is that we are now finished with another exciting episode of Buckeye Bombast without having on the eye. T-shirts to come.